the story of the events leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is probably one of the most famous parts within the entire Bible. Jesus and his disciples led an interesting journey leading up to the crucifixion where they left for the Garden of Gethsemane. They spent some time there and thereafter Jesus was taken captive by the authorities just before his crucifixion. And within this the biblical timeline of leading up to the crucifixion account, there was an interesting event that happened there that I want to talk about today. An event of incredible teaching value for us. And that is of how Peter most famously took a sword and cut off one of the ears of the high priest's servants when they came to take Jesus captive. Did you know that the very sword that Peter was carrying, Peter was carrying because Jesus told him to take a sword. But why is it then that Jesus told Peter to take a sword and when Peter later used it, Jesus rebuked him for doing so while he then healed the man whose ear was cut off. What was the lesson? What is the teaching? I want to submit to you that it has a lot to do with the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. We pick up this story with the book of Luke chapter 22. And this story is picked up just before Jesus and his disciples left for the Garden of Gethsemane. And in this moment, we will see Jesus talking about to his disciples and he is telling them about what to take on this journey. Bearing in mind that Jesus knows what's coming while the disciples aren't fully aware yet. We read this in Luke 22, verse 35. And he said to them, When I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? They said nothing. He said to them, But now let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. So we read how Jesus talks to his disciples and he tells them before you guys didn't need anything for my father provided it all. But now today I'm telling you take things and even take a sword. Now, why is it that Jesus would be telling his disciples to take swords? In the next verse, we discover why we read in verse 37 for I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors for what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. So Jesus explains that the reason that they need to take these swords is for scripture to be fulfilled. The scripture that says that he was numbered 
with transgressors. And then after they say, we have two swords, Jesus says that is enough. Now, it, we can easily get confused to think that Jesus is saying these two swords are enough so that we can uh, fight the authorities that will later be coming against us. Because, of course, Jesus knew that he would be taken captive shortly hereafter. But I want to submit to you that that is very surely not the case because uh, when Peter actually cut off the ear by using the sword, Jesus rebuked him for using it. So Jesus was saying that those two swords are enough. Surely they are, but not enough to make battle with them, but enough for a biblical prophecy to be fulfilled. That biblical prophecy that say that he will be numbered with transgressors. But what does that really mean? What does it mean that the prophecy says he must be numbered with transgressors? Let's read the prophecy in Isaiah 53 so we can better understand it. Isaiah 53 verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. So this prophecy obviously is talking about the Messiah. It says that he will be delivered unto death. And most importantly, perhaps for our study is that we read that he would be numbered with the transgressors and also number two, he will be making intercession for the transgressors. So this prophecy that Jesus referred to of him being numbered and of him giving intercession for the transgressors needs to be fulfilled in the coming pages of our Bible before and while he is being delivered up to be crucified. So now we're going to read on and we're going to discover how does this prophecy now fit into what ultimately happened and how was this prophecy fulfilled, especially in regards to the swords that needed to be taken. We will now read about their journey into the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke 22, verse 40. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now, this has always been an interesting verse. Jesus is telling his disciples that they need to pray so that they don't fall into temptation. But why? I mean, when we think about Jesus himself, why would he need to pray to not fall into temptation? I think the answer is obvious. He is about to be delivered up to die for the sins of the world. The temptation of the flesh that he is going to be fighting is going to be intense. Jesus's flesh is going to be wanting to run away from this. He doesn't want to be crucified, even though the other part of him wants to. The flesh is weak. The spirit is strong. And Jesus is now praying in the garden so his spirit may be strong in these last hours so that he could go forward with this hard road ahead of him. But why is it important for the disciples to also pray? Why did Jesus tell them to do the same? Well, similarly to Jesus, 
they would be tempted to also run away and hide and perhaps even deny him. And these are obviously things that we saw happen. They were like sheep scattered without a shepherd when Jesus was taken into captivity. So they did run away. They did hide. And Peter even did deny Jesus, as we all know, the famous denial. And last but not least, uh, the disciples would probably even be tempted to stand in the way of God's plan of salvation. How? We'll soon find out. You see, it's important to understand that they actually failed what Jesus told them to do. Do you remember how Jesus told them that they need to go and pray, be quiet before the father, pray that they don't fall into these temptations? Well, they didn't do what he said because they fell asleep. If you would remember the story. And so because they fell asleep, this is why they started failing in their loyalty to the Messiah, where they hid away, they ran away. Peter denied Messiah and all these things. And then we read about how the authorities came to persecute. And we read this in Luke 22, verse 47. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. And he drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the son of man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. And so we just read about how Peter took his sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Now, I think we can all agree that what Peter did here was incredibly wrong. Peter acted like the old man. He acted out of place. He acted like a robber with a sword. He was the first one to act in violence. The, the, the authorities didn't even do anything against him yet, but Peter just took a sword and cut off this man's ear. He acted like a transgressor. And this is exactly what the prophecy said would happen, would have to happen with the Messiah, that he would be found among transgressors. And that's what happened. Peter was the transgressor. Peter did sin. We read what Jesus said regarding this in verse 52. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and the elders who came out against him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? What Jesus is simply doing here is he's reiterating this prophecy in essence. He just earlier told his disciples that a prophecy must come true. And now he's reiterating. He has said, look, you guys, the elders and chief priests have come out against us with with uh, weapons as against robbers, as against transgressors. 
He is not necessarily even calling them out for being wrong as much as he may even be just simply reiterating the fact of this prophecy that has now been fulfilled. And brothers and sisters, I want you to think about something deep and that actually is quite crazy with regards to this whole situation. Do you remember how earlier in the Gospels, how Jesus told Peter to get behind him? And he even called him out as being like Satan, right? Because Satan was basically influencing Peter in that moment. I want to submit to you that the same thing has happened again here. And that Peter not only later denied Messiah, but in this moment, he even stood in the path of God's plan of salvation. Think about it this way. Everything that was happening in this moment was according to God's plan. This is why Jesus was so prepared for it. That's why he had to go to the Garden of Gethsemane to to get close to the Father, draw near so he may, may not be uh, fall into temptation. Okay, so all of these things, the Jesus being crucified, ultimately, is God's plan. God planned every step out perfectly. And Peter was basically standing in the way. He was basically standing up and saying, no, even though he didn't truly understand what he was up to and what he was doing, because he didn't understand how this was so part of God's plan for Jesus to be taken uh, into prison right now. But he nevertheless was wrong because he took a sword and he fought the will of God in essence, because God was the one who allowed all this to happen. And we could even go as far to argue that Peter was in this moment more out of line with God's plan than Judas himself. Because Judas was, even though he was the betrayer, he was the one leading this brigade of authorities to ultimately accomplish the will of God. But Peter, in his zeal and even in his love and even in his um, uh, good heart, pure intentions, most likely, he was standing in the way of God's plan of salvation because he didn't want Messiah to be taken. He didn't want Messiah to be crucified. He didn't want it to happen. He didn't understand the full magnitude of what he was doing. But nevertheless, he was wrong in that moment. That's why Jesus stopped him. That's why Jesus didn't allow him to continue. One of the reasons, at least. And so the difference, though, between Judas and Peter is a big difference. And that is that Judas had evil intentions. Judas had a wicked heart full of evil. Peter, even though he was wrong, even though he was misled, his heart's intentions were completely pure. And he fought out of love for his Messiah, even though he was wrong in that moment. And that, that Peter's heart's intentions would be the thing that saves him, would be the thing that gives him mercy. That is what is the big difference between Peter and Judas is the hearts. Not necessarily only that the one was always true, always right, and the one was always wrong, always uh, in their in their actions. But it was greater than that because Peter made a lot of mistakes. Peter denied Messiah. Peter was called, get behind me, Satan. Peter here cut off the ear. Peter had many issues. He had many bad actions, many actions outside the will of God. 
but his heart was always after the Father. And so we all, like Peter, have the ability and the choice to draw our swords. We have the ability and choice to make wrong decisions. And sometimes we will make wrong decisions without even fully realizing and understanding it. Sometimes we will be like Peter trying to protect the Messiah, but actually being against the will of God, but having a pure heart. And in those moments, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that there is so much forgiveness, mercy and grace for us as we repent of our sins before our father. And that is why Peter was forgiven. And that is why Peter ended up still remaining in that position of being the leader of the apostles, even after our Messiah ascended. If God could use Peter even after his fall, like in this moment, he could use any one of us who makes similar mistakes. But I think there is a great warning. Nevertheless, a great warning in this all. And that is that Peter would have probably told you that he was feeling very zealous, very right in what he was doing. And he did it out of good intentions, upright heart, you know, all that. But nevertheless, he was so wrong. And that, that this, this is a lesson because it means that just because we feel zealous, just because we feel like we are doing all this for God, just like because we feel like we're defending something or someone good, like our Messiah, it doesn't, that alone does not mean that we are right. And that we are in the will of God. Just because you feel zealous. Just because all that. It doesn't make you in truth. It doesn't mean that you're doing the will of God. And so brothers and sisters. I think it's so important for us. To always be so careful. Because in Peter's mind. He was so sure. I bet you he was so sure. I mean to be able to draw a sword. And to cut someone's ear off. That is like the ultimate show. Of how sure he was. That he was doing it. for he, That he was right. Because I bet you that you're not going to cut off someone's ear. Unless you're very sure. That that's the right thing to do. If the Messiah of the world. Is standing next to you. Right? But nevertheless, he was so wrong. And so let us just keep that in mind in our in our decisions, in our actions, that when we draw a sword and when we try and decide to cut someone's ear off, metaphorically speaking, that we are we we don't just feel right, but that we actually are right and we actually are operating in the will of God. Otherwise, we may find ourselves outside of it and being as wrong as Peter was, even to the point of, in a way, standing in the way of this great plan of salvation that God has been planning through the Messiah of the world. But so you may then look at this part of the story and say, well, how do I ensure that I don't make the same mistake Peter did? And I think it's such a great question. And it's beautiful because the answer is in the word. You see, the reason that the disciples scattered like a sheep without a shepherd, the, the reason they went to hide, the reason that they didn't follow up on their promise of being with the Messiah until the end, the reason that Peter went to deny the Messiah just like he prophesied that he would, and the reason that he even 
stood in the way of the Messiah, Messiah's crucifixion is because he didn't have a good prayer life. Because remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that was their mistake. The Messiah warned them against all of this, these temptations that would come soon thereafter. But they and they and he said, go and pray, be with the father so you can stand against the temptations. They didn't. They fell asleep. And so they fell. So their answer is have a good prayer life. It means every day you stand, you get on your knees before the father and you pray and you ask him to guide you and show you what his will is every day in every situation with every choice. So that you don't draw swords when you're not supposed to. You see, Jesus taught Peter to take swords because that was part of his test. That was, you know, you can't draw a sword if you don't have a sword to draw. You can't choose evil if evil is not a choice. And so Jesus knew God knew, of course, that what Peter would do regarding this all. And that's why he allowed Peter to do this. So Jesus can be numbered among transgressors. But that doesn't mean that God wanted it to happen. In fact, we know that God didn't want it to happen because Jesus went ahead and then reversed Peter's actions. One of the reasons of Jesus healing the ear of this high priest servant is as an act of mercy on Peter himself. Because Peter's actions were in essence reversed when Jesus healed that man's ear. Think about it. What would have happened if Jesus didn't heal the ear of that servant? Uh, Peter would have probably been taken into prison along with Jesus. And we may even argue that there is a possibility that Peter would have been crucified with Jesus. If he wasn't crucified, he would have had some other very harsh penalty, even possibly a death penalty accrued to him. And so this was what Jesus was doing there is he was by healing this man. Like I mentioned, he reversed Peter's actions by healing the ear. And this is a picture of what the Messiah would later do for the rest of the world. And that is to intercede for its transgressions. Remember what the prophecy said that we talked about in the beginning. He would be numbered with the transgressors. That means to be numbered with Peter, because that's what Peter was. He was a transgressor. But not only that, that Jesus would then intercede for the transgressors. And that is what Jesus did by healing the ear. He was interceding in a way for Peter, because when does healing come? With forgiveness. Jesus said, what's the difference for me to say, be forgiven or be healed because it's connected, right? And so we see that Jesus was by healing, he was giving, pouring out forgiveness over Peter because he was in essence excusing what Peter did. And that's why Peter was then ultimately not going to bear the consequences of what he did. Because brothers and sisters, think about it. Jesus, in essence, took the place of Peter that night. Peter deserved death because he killed. He, he cut off a man's ear. He deserves death for that. That would accrue a death penalty for that sin. But what happens? Jesus heals the man. He excuses what Peter did. And then he basically steps forward to the authorities and he says, here I am. You, I am the one you are looking for. So come and take me instead. 
even though he was the only one in that whole group of transgressors who wasn't a transgressor, who was without sin, who was clean. And secondly, this healing of this man with the ear was, of course, mercy on the temple guard as well. The high priest's servant who lost his ear would have had dire consequences following up the losing of his ear. It wouldn't just be about losing an ear, but it would be about losing his position because a high priest servant wouldn't be able to continue his duties if he had a bodily defect like that. That's how the laws were in the first century regarding serving the temple. And so Jesus, even he had mercy, even for that man, because he knew what the consequences, how deep the consequences would run for this man's life. He would basically lose his job. He would lose all this because he was in his heart, probably a man who wanted to serve God through his career, through serving the temple. And so, brothers and sisters, now we have discovered how this message, how this little part of Jesus healing this man gives all the more glory to the cross. It is a picture of what would happen a few hours later when he gets crucified, because just like he stood in the gap for Peter, that's how he stands in the gap for each and every one of us, because each and every one of us has been like Peter. We've all done things even for God and in the name of Jesus, when it was wrong, when we were outside the will of God. But God had mercy. God had forgiveness. And he gave it to Peter and he gives it to us and he stands forward and says, I will take your sin. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to leave you with just this thought that I touched on earlier. And it is how is your prayer life? Because that is the key that would have prevented a lot of the errors made by the disciples. How is your prayer life? How much time are you spending with the father? Because in terms of the disciples, in that moment, they needed to spend the whole night. And because they fell asleep, there were consequences for it. They weren't able to resist the temptations of the devil. And you will not be able to resist the temptations of the devil if your prayer life is next to non-existent. How much do you pray? Thank you for joining us. I hope that this teaching has blessed you. I would like to give a special shout out and thank you to our partners who have made this video and every other video this month possible. And above all else, all glory and thanks to the Father.